Halflings, it has finally happened. We have merch! Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The crowd does indeed go wild. We have been working very hard behind the scenes to make some excellent merch for you all, which is available uh, to pre-order right now. Some of them will be available from the 3rd of October and the others from the 1st of November. We wanted to do this in time for the holidays so that if you know someone who maybe enjoys a bit of Three Black Halflings, you can get them a Christmas present or indeed for yourself. It's also a fantastic way to support the show. Basically, have like a Unati pack, by the way, a Unati stickers pack. It's true. Oh, awesome. Unati stickers pack. I like this. It's called the Suffer and Learn sticker pack, but originally it was called the Unati sticker pack. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay good. Okay. I'm happy with it with the Suffer and Learn. We liked it because it's like, then it's quotes. Instead of just pictures of Unati's face. Several <laughs> different expressions. Yeah. It's weird because this is not a video show. Mm. You know what it is? It's uh, visualizations of the audio track. <laughs> oh, like Unati's audio tracks from some of her finest episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just the, it's just the blocked out lines where she's peaked her microphone yeah, from laughing. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, the merch that we have available, we have a yellow collage hoodie, which has a mixture of designs and phrases from the show. The Three Black Halflings t-shirt, which has got an amazing design, and the words Three Black Halflings. It looks so nice. I'm very happy with that one. Then we have uh, the Outlaws and Obelisks poster. You can order a physical yes. poster. A beautiful, gorgeous poster of Outlaws and Obelisks. Then we have a pin and then two whole sticker packs. I, I have a question. Yes. Does this pin mm. definitively answer the question of the official abbreviation for Three Black Athletes? I think Athletes? it does. Because yeah, I think it maybe it does. Yeah. Uh, we've been saying TB, TBH. Should we swatch? Should we swatch? Should we start selling swatches? Should we start selling swatches? We have to tell about the deal with swatch. Black Halflings Swatch. The Three Black Halflings Swatch Watch. But, you know, this is one of those things that has evolved over time. We're, we're forming our brand identity, and I think 3BH is just a little bit better. We have officially become a corporation. We are a huge corporation with Jamal at the top. The top. Jamal is pleased. First critical role, then us. then us. There is also a tip jar on the store. If you would like to, you can give us a tip, and some of the proceeds will go to the amazing Jonathan Charles, who made the music for Outlaws and Obelisks. As when you donate to the tip jar at any level, you will be able to download the music that Jonathan has made for Outlaws and Obelisks and it trust me it is yes. absolutely incredible like you will want to listen to this good. without us all talking over the top of it because it's so <laughs> so so good I just listen to it I listen to it for fun yes like it's when it. I'm on planes and stuff, I'll just play the songs over and over again on a because they're so good. This is a true fact. Because they're real good. They're really good. Excellent tunage. And some of the stickers I'm very very proud of. I really think they look 
so badass, and I can't wait to slap yes. them all over my office. I love the Poochie Rat Bag sticker that is extremely late 90s. Yes, it really is! It is extremely <laughs> late 90s. Make sure you head over to store.dftba.com forward slash collections forward slash three black halflings. And if you would like to get yourself a discount, you can get 10% off if you are a patron on any tier. That is patreon.com forward slash tbhalflings. Woohoo! Uh, head over to all of our social medias. It will be plastered all over our social medias for a long, long, long time, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but please support the show, buy some merch. It means a lot to us and it would be really, really, really fucking cool to see some people, take some pictures. It's some three Black Halflings merch. I'm so goddamn excited. <laughs> well, let's get into this week's episode. <laughs> this is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello, Halflings! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright. <laughs> In the and middle I'm of a word. today by... <laughs> Jeremy Cobb. But Mark Humes calls me the ultimate space unwanker. Wow, what a name. Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. <laughs> Full Prince vibe? Woof! Ah, this makes them even more black. Cake glitches and bitches. Lands in the cusp of a teaspoon. Oh, no. On a nat 20. No. You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it. We're about to get into something real big now. Hey, we'll let you est- uh, establish what that might be. And do you know what's actually even funnier is I think this will be coming out before the interview with Mark Holmes. So even funnier that there is oh. zero context for what has just been said. And I'm happy about that. I'm very pleased about this fact. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, because I think I think this was changed also. It was originally mm. going to be the ultimate space wanker. But he was like, I don't want it to make it sound like I'm... Yeah. Calling you a wanker, so it's going to be the uh, yeah. ultimate space so, unwanker. But I'm going to cut out the context you just gave because I think it's funnier if we don't have any context. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think uh, I'll ask then, uh, Jasper Nemo, just real quick. How does one? I just want to spitballing. How does one unwank Do you know something? What? That's a co- topic which I'm not willing to get into right now. But <laughs> one thing that I am willing to get into <laughs> is clerics with our special guest this week, Emma Carlson. How are you doing? Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. And uh, I was saying to Jeremy before we started recording, it is my goal to convince everybody that clerics are the best class in D&D. And if I don't, I haven't done my job right. So I'm very excited. Okay, the gauntlet has been thrown down. I will be completely honest with you, Emma. Cleric has been, I got to play like a level one cleric once and it was Mm -hmm. fun, but it has been on my radar as like the second choice for like my next character for like a long time. So I'm very primed to be Mm. convinced to bump it up to first. You know what I mean? For it to be my next big character that I make. Well, I I tote myself as a cleric main. I will play a cleric anytime I can. Um, so I'm ready. To I mean, you've got you. enough subclasses to do that and never play the same cleric twice. Like you, yes. so exactly. many subclasses, it's truly wild. Yeah. <laughs> so exciting. Yeah, yeah you thought Oof, the wizard had just a bunch. Wait. The bonus episode on Patreon for this is going to be long. <laughs> Very long. I think long. it took us like two hours yeah. to get through Barbarian. I, like God knows what this is going to take. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
I think it, I think it's worth saying up top that I, the reason for the from what I can tell, the reason for mm. all of these subclasses is because going into fifth edition and then just throughout fifth edition, th- wizards knew that cleric but had the reputation the as Ooh. the healing. Yeah, mm. it's just the healing class. That's all you do. And so they were like, well, you, you can heal, but you don't have to heal. You can do all these other stuff, too. You, you, you can shoot fire and you can raise people from the dead. And you can you can be like a baby wizard or a baby druid. You can have be, be a like baby a baby fighter. Paladin. You can yeah. be Twilight, whatever I, that I, is. I, we, yeah. we came up with a phrase exactly. on um, Chatwater, which is our like uh, our like talk show that we have on side of our main campaign on Blackwater D and um, That uh, there's when you have narrative and mechanics and they kiss and um, they kiss mm. together. That's like the that's like when you get the best the best things in D and D when the narrative and mechanics just start smooching. Mm. Um, smooching. I am fully convinced mm. that Cleric is the ultimate, like, smoochies. narrative and mechanics smoochies class. It's the ultimate yes. smoochies class. Because you have the amazing versatility of the mechanics where you're, like, you can play a melee-focused character or a spell-focused character. You can be ranged or up close. You can wear armor, wield weapons. You can do healing and buffs as well as debuffs and damage. And then you've got the, like, yeah. beauty of the role play. Mm. It's just... And, I, mm. and, and I'll say, like, because mm. my top-line thought on this is it gives you the option to play with a deity or divine connection in a... Uh, it gives you the option to play it in a non-toxic way. <laughs> because I yes. think a lot of the other classes, <laughs> like, Warlock is very unhealthy. Paladin so definitely can be unhealthy because yeah. it's a little too far the other way from Warlock. You know... The yeah, stereotypical it's not, paladin it's not is, good. is not a great <laughs> you know, example yeah. of so, a, yeah. So I really like the idea of person. having like a quite a genuinely wholesome connection to a deity who doesn't have you know world conquering uh, uh, mo's. They might do, but I think you have the option at least to not have to deal with that. You totally. Know? The the really cool thing about clerics that I love is right off the top when you have a cleric coming in and with that role play and stuff, you've already got stakes. Mm. Your character is tied to something bigger than themselves whether that's for better or for worse and that relationship is changed like based on how they interact with their god mm. or as well as who is the god is and how close the gods are to the world that you play in um, it makes for like a mm. really amazing primary class but also narratively you could pick up a cleric multi-class midway through the game exceedingly narratively like if yeah. your character finds a religion like that's what happened in in Blackwater, um, we we have a tour to cleric party. I've been a cleric um, since the beginning, but uh, we have an Eldritch Knight fighter, um, Kokanee, who, you know, um, Matt as a as a player was like wanting to multi-class. He was like, you know, I built this character for a one shot that has now turned into a campaign. Uh, so <laughs> I would like a little bit more than than what I've yeah. got. Right. Yeah, yeah. I give myself I want a whole lot of bit. tools to play with because I thought we were doing no, this. He's for got a like minute. an eight strength and like oh, a, no. and like a nine intelligence. Oh. So he's like, I got to get something oh, else no. here. So um, he decided he wanted a bit more like mechanically and narratively to play with. And uh, cleric was one of the options he was going to multi class with. So we talked to Tim, our DM, about like what gods he could follow. Um, Tim pitched a god uh, being Arathis, the goddess of tech, uh, technology and and kind of like innovation and creation and basically was um, Matt was like yeah cool that sounds great and then Tim was like I got it from here mm. so basically like weaved this beautiful story about how Arathis had been lost to time and we like met the like last high priestess of Arathis she like you know Kokanee would like became the like the new high priest and like started to take and he was like the only follower of the religion and then it gave Kokanee this like amazing story of like he has to find himself 
through his faith mm. and like learning about his religion and learning about himself. Um, and when he got to level three, he took war cleric because it gave him a bonus attack action. Yeah. Again, the mechanics Hell and yeah. the, the narratives kissing, which allowed him the versatility to like keep all the things he liked about the fighter, but then also not have to keep going down a narrative path that didn't make sense anymore. So now he's just going forward with cleric, which is mm. a beautiful, beautiful mm. thing. I think you definitely hit the nail on the head in that the, the narrative side of clerics, I think, is super fun. I think it's the reason why a lot of people are, are drawn to warlocks in the first place. I think it just drops you into a world mm. where you have, like you said, like you have so many st- you have so much in terms of stakes. And I, I'm glad that that you're making the case that maybe you don't have to take a level of warlock mid game if you want a narr- like a satisfying narrative. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think um, oh, no, Jeremy, th- sorry, you come, you go. Oh, I was going to say, I think uh, it's also worth examining because they there really are a lot of similarities narratively and mechanically in terms of the synergy between the uh, the narratives and the, the narrative mm-hmm. and the mechanics, but uh, with both warlocks and clerics. And it seems like the reason that a lot of people will often prefer to go warlock over cleric is because they're like, I want the dark side. I want to feel, you know, I want to be, I want to serious thing. And it's like, oh, I have a relationship with this person. Whereas I think a lot of people when they think of being a cleric they explicitly tie it to a religion and i think first of all it is fine if you just don't want to be a religious character that's absolutely fine but i think a lot of people are coming from a very limited understanding of how religion can absolutely and also how a person yeah go uh, how a person's relationship to their deity or ideals i wonder whether it's uh, uh, just really quickly uh, i wonder whether it's a partly to do with uh, whether it's like organized religion versus faith as well because i think that's like a big difference in terms of like i know my mentality Mm -hmm. and the the way i feel about you know organized religion or whatever i might feel a bit "Ah, i don't know if i want to enter that world whereas like faith having faith and believing in a religious way in a deity i feels like a very accessible thing that i could i could absolutely get into so yeah sorry emma i think you just hit it no and my gosh no i think you just hit it directly on the head being a cleric is not about being religious Mm. being a cleric is about belief because that is where your entire source of magic comes from is your belief and devotion to something Mm. Right. Like I even Mm -hmm. think of I even think of um, the, you know, amazing example uh, that, you know, uh, Laura Bailey did in in the latest season of Critical Role Mm. and Campaign 2. Like she also, please spoilers, if you if you haven't finished the season, you can cover your ears. You can get your muffs now. Spoilers. Um, (laughs) For like, it's only like a minute. minute But like she believed in her God Mm. so hard Mm. that she got powers from him or and he got more powerful Mm. so like whether he was a god or not Mm. she believed in him so hard that that's where the source of power came from because like Mm. you you with clerics you get this beautiful built-in sense of devotion they know what it's like to deeply deeply care for something and it makes it i think easier to access for you as a player those relationships at the table to other characters because your character is already gives a crap about something Mm. and like and that can be a really cool part of your character arc and growth about like what does it mean to worship for your character how does your if you if your character participates in organized religion what does that look like how do they show their piety Mm. how did they find religion were they was that thrust upon them did they choose it willingly did they were they born into it like how did they get here and i think those are all amazing threads Mm. that you can explore through like the narrative side 
of a cleric's RP. I have I have three things. Dish your three, I have things. three things to stay. The first thing the first thing is it's really me not saying anything, but just it's funny you mentioned that example, uh, and that's oh. all I'm going to say uh, of, of somebody of yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, if anybody listens you'll, to this in know. like six months, you may, have, you may have an understanding of why. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. Uh, number two, uh, my I wanted to completely agree that it, it really it, this is in a real world setting as well, like. I honestly think that most people's understanding of even the concept of religion is very, it's very tainted by just experiences with specific yes. organizations. And rather, because at its core, religion is a faith. Yeah. It's faith. Mm. It's faith in anything, uh, which is like, I would argue you could have atheists who are religious. Mm. It's like, in a sense that like, they believe in the principles that they adhere to every bit as strongly as a religious person. And they live their lives according to that uh there are quite a few nerd fandoms well, fandoms <laughs> yeah. in general not even just nerds fandoms yeah. in general sports That's fandoms Agreed. there are like there's a lot of yeah it, it really just refers to an extremely not even extremely just a very very strong belief there's a lot of political uh systems and, and groups that are very like they're basically religious in the way that they function maybe not uh in the same way as like organ is like the organization itself but the way that you like buy into a set of beliefs and you're like okay these things are hereby forever good. These things are hereby forever mm. bad. This is the dogma that I yes. now buy into. This is it now informs my moral system, blah, 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 blah. So theoretically, you could have like a socialist cleric mm. who like really strongly you're not serving a deity, but your God is essentially the I guess the um, uh, what is it? Seizing the means of production or is that more communist? Uh, but the, I guess communist is seizing seize the means of production. But, but yeah, you're you're your god is essentially the socialist ideal uh and it's because it really that's what it comes down to is a how a person uh engages with their beliefs and how strongly they engage with their beliefs uh and then number three is a question what would you two characterize as the difference between clerics and paladins from an ideological Mm. standpoint Ooh. And how would you say that that's borne out in the mechanics? Uh, I have a thought. Um, So I think that paladins are... I I, I mean, maybe this is me drawing on history that I don't think I can speak anything about, but paladins to me strike me as a holy warrior. They're the people in the very front line of the battlefield that if there is a cause in the name of this god, they're going to be the first ones out there on the field. Um, You know, slashing down people in the name of... Uh, cord. I don't know mm. some some god uh, or something mm-hmm. like that. But whereas clerics are the people who are going to be, you know, giving the speeches. They're the ones who are going to be. They are the there are the intermediary between the mortal coil mm. and the divine. Um, so for me, the paladin, you know, says my god told my religion to do this. Maybe I get spoken to once in my lifetime. Mm. Maybe I don't. But the cleric has that divine connection. They can commune. They can, you know, they can call down their, they can literally call down their God and be like, I need help with this one thing, as we'll talk about in a minute. But that's where I kind of see it Mm. that way. I think I would say for me, uh, and this is a very oversimplified way of saying it, but I think for me, it would be a cleric is again about faith. 
um, and it's like the the belief in something. Whereas I think for me, paladins is like the devotion to that thing. It's like the uh, idea yeah. that like I will lay everything, all of my earthly goods, my body, my world, my everything at the foot of the door of my deity. It doesn't have to be that extreme, right. but like that's the kind of the simplified version of it in my head. Whereas I think the cleric is someone who would hmm. still seek to would probably still seek to challenge and still seek to mine that faith and understand that faith. And do you know what I mean? I think so. I think there's just like a slightly different, um, w- just a way of, uh, uh, of interacting with that particular, um, deity that they, that they have. Um, and, and yeah, I can think it bears slightly different fruits because in, in a mechanical sense, I think then it, it kind of, it, it means that your paladin is bearing the strength of your God. Whereas the, Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a cleric is bearing like the will of your god do you know what I mean like the will of your god to interact with the world and to change the world and shape the world whereas the paladin is bearing the kind of brute force and strength of uh, and power of your mm. god it's almost like the cleric is exploring mm-hmm. the truth or the doctrine mm. of that god whereas the paladin is enacting mm. the doctrine mm-hmm. or the truth yeah. of that yeah. god Oh yeah, sort of like the the yes, heart. Yes, that's, that's it. Yes. I think that's that. What that yes. is what I would. Meow, 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 yeah, right that's there. what I would yeah. say. Because I think that it goes to show that, like, because like I think with a, a a paladin, like I think they could lose their abilities like that if they did the wrong thing. Do you know what I mean? Like if the if the if the god was to like to to if they were to defy a god, I I think that literally the, their inability to devote themselves one hundred percent would enable them unable to use certain powers or you know. Whereas I think for a cleric, I think that's almost like a a healthy thing to have a complicated you know there is a they acknowledge the fact there's a complicated relationship with a well you even have the oathbreaker paladin Mm. um oh yeah right Mm, so there's mechanics built in about like what happens when you break your oath um but a cleric it's like i think it is you know i think it's built into the not that a lot of role play stuff is built in but the there is space for you to explore what it's like to fall in and out of faith yeah. With your God and like what happens when you have those like faith testing moments, those like moments where you mm. come to the brink. Maybe you ask the cleric, your, 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 you know, your character asks their God for help mm. in a desperate moment and the mm. God does not respond. Yes. What happens then? If that's a true test of your faith, how does your character respond? And all of that is like juicy, beautiful mm. narrative role play stakes mm-hmm. for your character. Like, <laughs> Whereas the um, paladin just goes, well, I suppose he was supposed to die. <laughs> yeah, or I suppose <laughs> so fair enough by me absolutely absolutely and it's like i even think about my own journey like with my own character um nepentha as a you know i i'm a grave cleric um and which is my favorite subclass and i will tell you why shortly uh but the you know i kind of structured her growing up in this kind of like secluded um cloistered order of essentially nuns just like a bunch of priestesses who were just in a temple and that like that's where they lived their whole lives there would be some priestesses who would stay their whole lives in that temple so nepi grew up in a world that was very black and white that is like i know what i know um and sure i'm this wise character but i'm not worldly you know i know a very large thing about a very small subset of things so she has to go out into the world and she through interactions with her god through interactions with other people have now grown to see the world is not black and white Mm. anymore it's gray Mm. and you know she's learning that there is that there is so much nuance to the world through her goddess and the way that she interacts with death um and the people around her so you've got like 
I think something that's really, really important for for if you're choosing to play a cleric is to have a really good discussion, ongoing discussion with your DM about what your cleric's um, religion or, you know, their faith mm, looks like. Mm. Is there is there is there practices mm. that are like ordained and traditional in the order? Do you choose to follow them or not? Like, what do you do and what are the consequences of that? Um, and like, mm-hmm. how widespread is your religion? Like, my character's religion is like, there's like three temples on the whole world. Mm-hmm. Like it's not very widespread. Um, and for a long time, there was just one. And then, you know, my Nep- Nepenthe founded two more on two different continents. She's like, ah, I got to f- do this now. Mm. Um, that's part of my goal mm. is to like spread my religion and spread the good word of Nephthysicet, um, who is her goddess and stuff like that. So yeah, it's I think that there's some, some beautiful moments that you can craft out of figuring out what your religion is like. I think there's some I think you've yeah, you've hit a really beautiful thing there, which is like, uh, as we always like to do on this show is like challenge DMs everywhere to have a more nuanced uh, view of, of what a religion could be in your game so that you can allow Absolutely. the cleric to feel accessible because if you turn around to all of your players and say oh it's only like really organized religion and and this is how they practice and if you don't practice you don't you know that i, I think that's going to really limit someone's mm. um ability to interact with that class and to get the most out of it so um absolutely definitely, uh you know make space for that have have that in your game but but have space for mm. other stuff and other things that your players i think might bring um uh, I think yeah no go go go. Yeah. Oh, I had I had a note on that. I think it's also worth saying that it's. It, it, I think it's I think it's best to just have a conversation about it because if you do have a system where religion tends mm-hmm. to be really organized and there are very specific rules to follow in the game, that actually can open up a whole new realm of possibilities to explore in terms of how your character in particular uh, uh, relates to those specific mm. practices yeah. and restrictions. It, perhaps if there's other denominations who have slightly different doctrinal things like it depends on how much you want to explore but you can have like some really interesting character journeys and some really interesting like i guess philosophical journeys because you're looking at oh wait how important to my actual relationship to my faith and the deity or whatever it is i'm serving uh are these specific rituals yes, and practices that of uh, yeah that the rest of the faith adheres to and what happens if you break with that what happens if you go full martin luther and you nail 95 theses to the, the to the door of a church and you get excommunicated and start an entirely new denomination for the first Absolutely. time in like the history of this religion what like there's there's a lot of really cool possibilities so i think it's worth 100% having a conversation because if if a, yeah. if a player wants to do that great if they don't and they just want like a loose like hey i don't want to have to follow i want to have to be part of a church or if it is a church it's like a real uh, kind of new agey like we just kind of we, uh, we have coffee in our in our uh, yeah we give you coffee and we, we just kind of hang out and chat for a while uh, if it's that I kind love, of thing sure I love like, that I, because whatever. It, you know I think when people think of the stereotypical cleric in a campaign they think of very rules bound tight laced and kind of like at as a vassal at the whim of their god um, so I think mm. that there's so much space for players to develop um, to whether it's a pre-existing religion in the world that the DM has cre- created or to develop their own kind of relationship to that. Um, there's so much space to 
to explore that. And you don't have to be a religious person to really enjoy playing a character yeah. who is. Um, like, I'm I'm a supremely mm-hmm. non-religious person, mm. and I love the religion that my character is a part of. Like, I mean, to be fair, uh, our DM Tim let me create it from the ground up. So, <laughs> like, I was just, he was just like, do you want to create a religion? I was like, yes, yes I do. <laughs> and here's the entire 2,500-year history of this religion. Um, so... Your players will want to engage with hell, that kind yeah, of stuff yeah. if you let and them. And if they come to you right? with a cleric, I think that that's that there's probably something that they are interested in in some way. So I mean, you'll be everybody's best friend. Yes, like on the, yeah, yeah, on the- yeah, 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 yeah. Unless you are like aforementioned uh, cleric who didn't really uh, in, from Critical Role who doesn't do a whole lot of healing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, uh, I, I honestly, yeah. we, I think we could genuinely chat about uh, uh, this all day because it's a, such a rich topic, and we can kind of keep this discussion going. But why don't we dig into a little bit of the mechanics of the cleric because there crunchy. is a, yeah let's get crunchy with some numbers um yeah. i know it's Jer- jeremy's favorite time of day uh when we get crunchy with them with them numbers uh so to uh just like a very brief overview you're going to be uh wisdom is going to be your uh your 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 go-to uh you want to get it gonna get yeah. that uh, wisdom in there i th- we normally do like um uh, recommendations for like lineages or races that could work, um, but uh, I, I think you know get a bonus to wisdom. Yeah, and with, with the, the with the Tasha stuff, stuff yeah. you can you can uh, mix it up. And also, I think that it's less of a clerics are so versatile that I don't know there's mm-hmm. too many that I think. Oh my god, it's not like a Arakokra rogue or ranger or whatever where it's just like well, having a flying speed makes you broken or something. Uh, so unless someone's got like one of those <laughs> to throw out, we can just I think dig into to these. Maybe this is me always leaning into the narrative side of things. But if you have a particular type of cleric that you want to play, ask your DM what kind of god would fit. And if there are particular races in that world that follow that god, if you're not necessarily tied to playing one thing or the other, like maybe you want to worship like, you know, a sea god. And maybe a Triton would be the the right Hell option, yeah. or a Sea Elf, or like maybe you want to worship mm. a an Air Primordial. Then maybe an Aracocra would be a good choice. So if you're not necessarily tied down yeah. to one specific um, race, talk to your DM yeah. about what might fit in the world and where what kind of story you want to tell about the like the the cleric that you want to. Build. I uh, I'll throw this out really quickly. I mm. I played a and because I'm going to talk about this a little bit but later, but uh, I played a Forge cleric uh, and I played a, I played oh, a War Forged. <laughs> Um, and the backstory that I created was that, like, the uh, the um, that they were literally created by the divine magic of this of this forge god. So therefore, like, it was just their engine, right? Like, their engine was the will of this of this divine being, and it kind of just flowed through them. And it wasn't. It was, I don't think it was like a conscious choice that my character was making to kind of do that. It was just like that was a part of their character. They were a literal mm-hmm. kind of machination of the of the divine being itself. Uh, and it was fun because that I don't think in my head then I was like I'm not even encountering religion. You know what I mean? Like the because mm-hmm. like, ev- everything I do is 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 in service. You know what I mean? And so yeah. I, I, I didn't even I don't think mm-hmm. it even crossed my character's mind to. Do anything or act a certain way or be a certain way because it was just who they were. Anyway, we'll get more on that later. Uh, <laughs> so uh, get that. You get the D eight. You get that, you sweet, get that D8. sweet sweet D eight. Uh, Very middle of the road, better but hey, wizard, better than a wizard. And it's also, a, uh, it's worth pointing out as well that you get proficiency with light, medium, and shields. Uh, yes, like, bless that plus. Yeah. Come on, everyone! If you don't have something in your other hand. Yeah. <laughs> 
get yourself a shield. There's just it just Absolutely. really helps. You know what I mean? It's just it's good. Um, <clears throat> it's also worth mentioning that multiple cleric subclasses are kind have. of explicitly designed to be viable yes. in melee and proficient combat. with heavy armor so, as well. I think, yeah. Yeah, a lot of them yeah. are proficient with heavy armor. Uh, so it's... Get a, get get a, I'm, I'm going to give a good example of this in a bit. I'm very excited. Um, cool. Yes. You get all simple weapons. You get wisdom, wisdom yes. and charisma saving throws. Uh, you get a couple of skills. Nothing. Yeah, this is yeah, not a skill-based yeah. class. Um, it's, I would rec- if we're doing recommendations, I would recommend, if you're the only cleric in the party, take religion. Um, just because it's from, from like you're, if they're going to, there is like a, a divine ish moment or something means you need to recall something about a God. Generally people are going to be looking to the cleric to do that. Um, I have a plus two and they're like, what I have a, come on, like, come on, <laughs> you can yeah. at least have a plus four here. Surely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, actually, I'm going to throw out there on that note, just a brief aside. I don't like that religion is an, ex- is an intelligence Oh, it's not skill. in our campaign. It's always... Uh, it actually, that's it's both in our campaign. So, like, if you're doing, a, like, okay. a thing, if you're praying, or, like, if you're communing, or you need to make... Um, you're calling down your god, and you need to make a check, a religion check, that's wisdom. Um, but then uh-huh. if you're... Uh, if you're recalling something about Just religion, to recall that is so wild. Okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. I officially, that should that's a dumb that's a dumb yeah. thing. Uh, I think it should just be both. Yeah, I think it, I think it. It should be yeah. Well, or it should, it, there is a distinction. Yeah. I think if it's a There's wisdom a based thing, kind of check you're going to make potentially um, even exactly. charisma. Like if, if mm. you're yeah. paladins, uh, potentially even charisma. I think it, uh, that's one of those skills that I feel like it, as a DM, I'm willing to kind of play around with and be like, how do you approach well, actually, the divine? We, how do you connect to the divine? That's what we did in right? Like, because there was a, we, we approached that in the sense that yes. you always said to us, how does your character approach, like from, uh, like approach spirits, uh, which is slightly different, but like for, for Muti, yeah. it was about, uh, it was like arcane. He very much saw them as like an arcane, a part of the world. Whereas for Ongenagama, I'm pretty sure it was religion, wasn't it? Or... Um, yes, or, uh, at yeah, least ancestors, ancestors were religion. Were religion. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I can't remember if the, I mm, think the spirits yeah, I think made so. them too. I think it's like the I same thing of that you like you could you know uh, an intimidation check could be made with charisma or strength. Mm. Like there's the, like I yeah. think from like a you know there's there's one thing where you're like intimidating someone with your with your words and then you're just literally standing there being the most imposing person. I think that there's a lot of space to to play with that stuff if your if your DM is cool. With yeah, that. I think we yeah we spoke about that I think a bit briefly yeah. about the idea of changing around some of those and I'm just being a bit more flexible with them and I think this is definitely somewhere mm-hmm. that you'd have to because it seems so strange that wouldn't be wisdom based anyway. <laughs> At the level, yeah, I was going to say, well, spell yes, casting. spell casting. Um, we, we, they prepared, yeah, so this yeah, sorry, is yeah, worth saying, I think. Uh, wizards, oh, not wizards, Jeremy. Clerics, Jeremy. Come Clerics. on, get in the bin. Clerics. Gosh. Uh, I'm already in the bin. Good I'm boy. sitting in the bin right now. The, uh, the, this, this is something very strange now. <laughs> this is all this is all there's a lot of subtext to this. Uh anyway, the uh the clerics uh, they prepare spells, which we've already covered a couple classes that p- prepare spells. Basically, you have a known list, and you choose which ones you prepare for each day. Clerics usually pray for their spells. You can kind of characterize how that happens. It's really up to you how you're going to engage with it. But I wanted to say clerics have a bomb mm, spell so list. Good. It's so good. Uh, I have 
Yes, it is the I I uh, I'm I'm such a big proponent of specifically inflict wounds and oh, guiding huh. bolt yeah, in terms yeah, of just yeah, yeah. pure damage. They're the best first level damaging spells in the game, like followed by maybe magic missile or burning yeah. hands, I guess, if you really want those. But like infl- inflict wounds, you're dropping 3d10. Yeah. 3d10 necrotic and you can crit yes. with it you can you can hit somebody for 6d10 damage you can hit somebody for 6d10 necrotic damage at level and like, ridiculous. They're, the, like cleric uh, low level spells like as a cleric at a low level you are so dangerous yeah not because not mm. only can you heal but your low level spells hit like trucks mm. and you are like you mm-hmm. enjoy the like have the beauty of a, a full caster without being too squishy and you can get in there with a full melee attack like your your party's favorite and it's worth you're, you're stating party, as well you start off with three mm. cantrips which is very yes. useful i think that might be the one of the highest because yeah. uh and the guidance resistance combo yeah just like Do you know what i mean you gotta There's take guidance no. you have to take guidance like <laughs> exactly guidance is it's yeah. kind of broken it's great like and the, the, and yeah and bless, oh, and bless. Uh, yeah yeah i forgot about bless bless is such i mean this is a first spell. level spell it's such and a bane. good spell bless and bless bane, bane. Mm. Healing word. So good. But still, well, it's good. Gets that, but still, <laughs> it's such a good, it's a great spell. Clerics are awesome. Clerics and are at awesome. second level, did you know that clerics get channel divinity? Uh, so uh. this is basically you get to you channel the divine uh, energy of your uh, deity directly, uh, and you can do uh, one of two. Uh, you start with two such effects. So uh, you've got turn undead, uh, which is determined by your domain. Is it that's determined by your domain and uh, uh, there's one that's yes. Yeah. You pick your domain oh, at level yeah, one. We, yeah, we, we of course. Yeah, this this is one of the uh, this is one of I think Starts three classes that picks their mm. subclass yes. at level one, along with the sorcerer. Yes, that makes a lot of sense because I was like, how does that then? Uh... And then you get the channel divinity features at level two. Yes. So it's just like I'm committed to this yeah. religion, and then God says, here, have, have this. this. Yeah. Like, so. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, all the saves are determined by your spell save DC, etc. And then uh, you get the effects back at the end of a short or a long rest. Uh, you can use your channel divinity uh, again. And at sixth level, basically you get extra le- uh, uses of it at sixth and eighteenth level. So you get two uses at sixth yes. and three uses at eighteenth, uh, which is pretty pretty sweet. What? Well, yeah. And uh, your channel divinity, uh, on that note, you can use your channel divinity either for the specific, the domain specific purpose that your god grants you, or you can use it for turn undead. All clerics have this ability. As an action, you present your holy symbol. Basically, you scare a bunch of undead. You get some Uh, skeletal undead that can see or hear you. Yeah, they all—they just have to see or hear you within thirty feet of you. They got to make a wisdom save. If they fail, they are turned, which they means turn up. they're turned they for one minute basically. or until they, they take any drinking. damage. So they yeah, they get turned. Real turned. Yeah, and they will not turn down for anything. <laughs> they will turn down for what? Uh, but they have—they must. <laughs> that's true uh, for damage uh, or the passage yes. of one minute of time. Uh, but they have to—they have to spend their turns trying to move as far away from you as they can, and they cannot willingly move into a space within thirty feet of you. They also can't take reactions, and then for their actions, they can only take mm, the yes. dash action uh, or try to escape from an effect that prevents it from moving. So basically, it's like. Fear. On things it's that like the typically spell, can't but have, just the fear for cost, have, have the fear effect on them. Yes. Yeah, I think a lot of them yeah. aren't usually. Usually, I think like undead seems to it's they, they it tends to be a, a resistance or whatever to to the fear condition. So, um, 
Uh, awesome. Uh, what is? Uh, what do we have next? It's an optional, I believe. Is it? Is it? I think it's, is this. Do you want to take will. this one, this Emma? Is so in Tasha's, we've got a couple extra options. At first level, there's some optional cleric spells that you can take. Uh, would really recommend uh, Aura of Purity. It's a very good one, a personal favorite of mine. Mm. Um, but at second level, you get you can take Harness Divine Power. So you can expend a use of your channel divinity to fuel your spells. And as a bonus action, you can touch your holy symbol, utter a prayer to your god, and regain one expended spell slot, which can be mm. a level of no higher than half your proficiency bonus rounded up. So thank you, wizards. Um, the number of times you can use this feature is based on the level you've reached, second level once, sixth level twice, um, and 18th level thrice. Uh, you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest, which is really nice. nice. I really like that. Yeah. It's kind of mm. got that like... It's like arcane recovery, um, right? Like it's a similar uh, exactly, yeah. It's like an arcane yeah. uh, divine mm-hmm. recovery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah. is really nice too. You will be like <laughs> Man, there's so many times where I can just think, you know, if we had one more, if we have one more spell slot here, we might have, one more spell. You know, hey, that would you have can been... take that. Take a third level. Get your revivify <sighs> back. Like you got one you in the pocket I mean? for that. You know yeah. I mean? You if if you're high level, you can get back that third Absolutely. level spell slot. That is, yeah. Very very nice. Uh, very cool. cool. Uh, Emma, just uh, by the way, just let us know when you uh, if you when you need to uh, nip off. By the way, if you want to go Perfect. now, no, you, yeah, you can, he'll uh, he'll cool. you. It's no, it's he'll just Tim will just bring him sure. over, so that'll be cool, all good. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. You just see a baby extended. He's very cute. You'll see him in a sec. (laughs) Um, Cool. So we have ability score improvements at 4th, 8th, 12th, 16th, and 19th level. We all know what those are. We don't need to go into those. What is next, Jeremy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, We have cantrip versatility. This is an optional feature. Uh, Whenever you reach the uh, level in this class that grants the ability score improvement feature, this is from Mm -hmm. Tasha's as well. Uh, And actually, a lot of spellcasting classes got this. I can't remember if all Mm. of them did, but a lot of them did. Uh, Whenever you hit a level uh, that grants the ability score improvement feature, such as 4th, 8th, 12th, 16th, or 19th levels, uh, you can replace one cantrip you learned from this class's spellcasting feature with another cantrip from the cleric Mm. spell list. So you can just swap out them cantrips. If you weren't happy with the ones that you started with, that's you can, really you useful. Can change cantrips one of them are something that can really you, that can become yeah. obsolete at a certain point. If you have spells that are better, or just abilities that kick in at some point that just renders them a little bit uh, mm. less useful. Um, if I'm know. not mistaken, um, toll the dead. Uh, oh wait a second! Wait a second! Uh, somebody is knocking. Please oh, continue no talking. Um, if uh, if I'm not mistaken, "Toll the Dead" is a cantrip, mm. and that is a wonderful cleric um, cleric one because it does a bunch of uh, yes, it, it levels up. Yes, it does. Yeah, it's like two, it's really, it's, uh, really so, great. Uh, it's a one d one d twelve. My word! Yeah, one d twelve. Then it goes up to two. Um, uh, then it goes up to oh hold on what's this here oh right okay so on a saving throw it uh, even if it saves it takes uh, d8s instead of d12s which is yes crazy. yeah and if it's already taken damage it takes d12s and if it has not it oh, takes okay, d8s that's how it I mean is. it is a, it is it is a save or suck cantrip oh, okay so um, it is so a if save, you save okay, then right, nothing see, happens yeah, yeah, yeah. but if but it's already again that uh, taken damage exactly and it, you could finish off a, a finish off a, a, a something with a cantrip I mean at um, the end of, like you know what I mean even like because it scales up to seventeenth level you get four d12 or four d8 like if you're doing four d12s on a thing for a cantrip even at level yes. seventeen that's still a very yeah. viable option. 4d12 is no joke. 
This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little a person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Of those spell slots, Toll the Dead is a fantastic Hell yeah, and you can just spam this as well. Like, you've got a range of 60 feet on this. You could just be, you know, running away and just, you know, that's so, yeah, yeah, that's that's very, very good. I like that a lot. Um, I think Wizards did that. Just they mm. gave the clerics all of the, like, really cool spells because they're like, please play clerics. Give your party a healer. Give your party a healer, please. (gasps) We didn't even... We didn't even talk about spirit oh, guardians. Oh, man. That's such a so cool good. Spell. Or even spiritual and That's spiritual really weapon good... too. Yes. Like just bring an, another yes. part of yourself up on the field that gets its like that axe on a bonus so action. Useful and, like, on your turn. You, so if, useful. If you don't have a ton of AC, you can just get yourself nice and close and be hitting things in the same way that everyone else is without all the risk attached to it. Uh, it's 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 good. It's very very good. Um, Absolutely. We then we have. Uh, I believe is it is it, uh, it, is it my turn? I think I'm going to talk about Blessed it's Strikes from Tasha's. I think it's just uh, one more. One? I think it's Destroy oh, Undead. Yes, Destroy Undead. Undead. Yes, Undead I can next. talk about Destroy Undead. So Destroy Undead is delightful. So at fifth level, your turn Undead becomes Destroy Undead. Um, when an Undead fails its saving throw against that turn Undead feature, when you use that channel divinity, the creature is instantly destroyed if its challenge rating is below a certain threshold, as shown on the table below, which is decent. Like if the, yeah. you know zombies and stuff like mm-hmm. the skeletons, you can just be like. Like, you're gone and you. be gone with All you. All of you are yeah. gone. <laughs> All of you within this range. And it comes up to challenge rating four. A challenge rating four undead at level 17, mm. you can just bomb. Just mm. And I... I'm thinking of a moment in um, in our Blackwater campaign where uh, our necromancer, because we have there's a necromancer and then myself as a grave cleric in the party. So the necromancer, we had you know killed this giant 
And our necromancer brought it back as a zombie to like kind of do her bidding on the battlefield. And the the zombie was a um, the son of a like of a baron that was not very nice or something. And we were in like a fighting pit. And then at the end of the battle, I like I remember Nepi, my cleric, just pointed at the baron because he'd been really awful to us. And she just crumpled her his nephew into dust and i was just like be gone with you so there's some good flavor of that like yeah so like it it feels very powerful just to like let's just destroy all of these undead on the battlefield it's a a real tide turner of an ability as well like if you're up against you can up against like 20 like you know cr2s like i don't care how what high level you are Mm -hmm. like they're gonna take a chunk out of you do you know what i mean like just through sheer action economy and whatever else so like the ability to just wipe all of them out at once that's the kind of thing that gives me dm sweats i'll be honest like that's the kind of thing where <laughs> yes, i go oh, you've, got this, no. you've got this wonderfully balanced mm. battle that it's just on the hint of deadly and then your cleric is like no thank I will you even this up immediately <laughs> what do you mean your big bad uh, bad guy has minions no more <laughs> no more no thank you goddess says no mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so <laughs> mm. Cleric's the only the, uh, the class that has the best chance of surviving a zombie apocalypse. Absolutely. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Really I, think I think clerics would thrive for what goes Like I just they got a yeah. high AC uh Them yeah. and paladins. They'd hug your clerics close during a zombie apocalypse. Yes. That's the one thing we've learned so far today. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh and actually speaking of surviving a zombie apocalypse, this next ability, my goodness. Uh, sorry, a very cute baby just appeared on our zoo, which is so adorable. <laughs> oh. I could only see the oh, I could only see their eyes for a second. It was just a oh, pair of eyes tiniest, peeking above the tiniest little dungeon chat. delver has shown yeah. up. So. Oh, you go get yes. those little kobolds or whatever it is. Yes, go delve down and get your kobolds, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> a little yeah. cleric he's, in he's training. He is my little cleric in training. That's absolutely correct. So cute. So cute. Uh, so. Then we have Blessed Strikes, which is an optional feature, and this is absolutely a uh, a surviving zombie apocalypse moment, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think this is actually uh, kind of insane. This this is great. This is a great ability. So basically, starting 8th level, you are blessed with divine might in battle. When a creature takes damage from one of your cantrips or or weapon attacks, you can deal a 1d8 of radiant damage to that creature uh, once uh, once you deal damage. Uh, this damage you can't use this feature again until the start of your next turn so there's no limit to this just once per turn you get to add d8 of radiant damage which mm. once again most of those undead if you haven't already toasted them probably have a vulnerability of some or might have a vulnerability Absolutely. to radiant damage yeah. which, or, it'll, or it'll mess them up or They'll it'll mess be, them up yeah. yeah for sure yeah i think it's a you get a mini smite yeah per turn yeah it's nice it's very it's nice very nice i like it okay and coupled with some other ridiculously good uh cleric stuff then you know i think that that is uh I like really, the. I really like the really options really nice. that Tasha's has brought in. Um, they, I think, I mean that with. I mean, I will sing the praises of Tasha's from here to next week. Um, but I think it just really allows you to flavor your cleric the way that you want it done. Mm. Um, and I think that's mm. you know in good conversation with your DM because you know maybe some clerics take you know divine strike, some pl- clerics take the. Um, the harness divine power because you're maybe your god is just like oh you can have a rest now um so i think that there's a really nice moments to tie those in mm. narratively as well with giving you all of those crunchy kickbacks making the narratives mm. and mechanics mm. and it also and helps kiss. Yes, make them kiss. Uh, I think uh, one of the nice things as well is it allows for... Um, <laughs> Guys, they, they won't stop kissing. The narrative kissing. and mechanics won't stop kissing. Will still be here? 
It's making me uncomfortable. Um, uh, yeah, I was just. Did we, I think, did we start something here? Are they like together? Are they a thing? Are they a thing now? But would, oh, wouldn't that be nice? Um, is the baby a cleric? That they're, the baby they're gonna make a cleric. That's... <laughs> um, but I was just gonna throw out there really quickly before we go on to our last uh, uh, main cleric ability, uh, which is just I think that uh, this allows. I think Tasha's helped. Uh, spellcasters a lot uh, in the when you have those real sloggy days where you've gone out and you started fighting and you know 8am in the morning and you know it's like one of those it happens a lot in D&D where you kind of lose track and you go what this yes. was a day we've been playing yes. for like four the sessions four session day. we've all yeah. been there and, you, and everyone yeah and yeah. everyone is burnt out on everything and I think because realistically if you're uh, especially like wizards and sorcerers and stuff you are by the end of that day you are you've got yeah. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I think that Atasha's really gave back to the spellcaster and helping them keep up a little bit in terms of endurance uh, with some of the martial totally. passes. Because, uh, yeah, just stuff like this. I think this is like, oh, okay, I haven't got any spells left, but I can still do an extra D8 per turn. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's it's a little bit in lieu of like having a spell or something, and you know the divine recovery, uh, you know that sort of thing. I just think it. I think, and also depending on what type of cleric you've Mm. built too. Like if you're a more support cleric, you're going to be using all of those healing spells. You're going to be using kind of like the buffing, uh, the area of effect spells, stuff like that. And having one of those back is going to could turn the tide in the middle Mm. of a battle. Um, And if you know Mm. if you're a more up close, um, like tanky or melee cleric, you've still got your actions right like you've still got you know your melee attacks and those you don't need a spell slot for mm. yep. yep 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 yeah. uh jeremy why don't you why don't you take us home for this uh for this well huh, one hell of a one hell of an ability yeah. Ooh, and actually i wanted to throw out i think something that uh if if you look at the tasha stuff we talked a little bit about the spell casting and how we're like whoa this is such a great spell list clerics are one of the few spell casting classes that got no additional spells from tasha's uh, in Tasha's, mm. yeah, mm. bards got additional spells. I can't remember who else, but there were others. There were multi. I think druids got additional spells. Uh, I know bards and druids both did, you know, and Tasha's a few gave other an ones additional did. Spell I think. List? Uh, uh, no, but not to clerics. Yeah, clerics they did. don't have that. Yeah, yeah I don't think. they got. Do they? Yeah, first they? level, they got aura of vitality, or of life. spirit shroud, or of life, or of purity, summon uh, celestial, sunbeam, sunburst, and power word heal. Oh, well, well never mind. how do you feel, Jeremy? I, I sit. I, I feel like a fool. <laughs> Good. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna sit and, why don't you just, and stew. Why don't you slide? My... Why don't Why don't you ask your God for a Ooh, divine intervention, well done, uh, well which done. is which is Jasper, to just roll which, back time, which is to, for uh, Jasper so to I just cut never that said out. That. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm leaving it in. No, I'll leave it in. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. <laughs> <laughs> I think we gotta leave it in. Um, but the uh, yeast. Uh, but hey, check out those additional spells. <laughs> Check out those additional spells. Jeremy, what is Divine uh, anyway, Intervention? Tell us. Divine Intervention <laughs> is the 10th level cleric ability. Interestingly, one of the only classes that does not have a bunch of abilities past 10th level, uh, which really you don't need many after this. Nope. Uh, you can basically pray to whatever deity or force you serve and ask it for help. You get to describe what you want it to do, and then you roll percentile dice. If you roll a number equal to or lesser than your cleric level, your deity intervenes. Uh, the DM chooses the nature of the intervention. The effect of any cleric spell or cleric domain spell would be appropriate, but, you know, who knows? It could be something 
bigger. Uh, but you can only if if the you succeed on this, if your deity actually does intervene, you can't use it again for seven days. Otherwise, you can just use it again after you finish a long rest. So, like right off the bat, you have a one in ten chance mm. of summoning divine power to do some crazy thing. Uh, uh, who knows? Uh, what happens? At tr- then, yeah, 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 yeah. I was just yeah, I was just about to go on to that, but it, it's it at twentieth level is where things get really ridiculous. Yeah, uh, your call for intervention automatically succeeds this automatically makes the cleric the best level 20th character you could make (laughs) no but i mean genuinely because i don't think there is any class like literally you say you got into a a fight uh, to like a level 20 anything versus a cleric they just summon the hand of their god to come pluck you off the ground and throw you 300 yeah. miles away or something. I don't know. I, mean, I yeah. like to think that if you've like been you like serving win. as a cleric, if you've been serving your god that long and you've been like, oh yeah, it's for sure justified just to yeah, be like, yeah, God just, sure. just comes down, just grabs and is just like, goodbye and just throws the villain away. Sure. Nom, 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 See you nom, later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel like you if if you have like a high if you have like a twentieth level cleric and you're a DM, I feel like you have to start building in reasons for them not to be able to just divine intervention mm-hmm. your big bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just walk into the like you well, you've had this whole battle planned and they walk in and they pray to their deity to I, ask that this big bad is destroyed for all time and you're like oh. I think though that the different the, the the thing that does happen at level twenty, which we probably should think about, which is that like most of the things you're facing are probably a Akin to or close to a, de- yes, a deity themselves, very true. Um, mm. because like I mean, like things like Tarasks and stuff are all considered like demigods. And anyway, uh, you know, if you're fighting Tiamat, that is a god. Like I don't know if a deity mm. would have the ability to just I stop you. Like I, just, I don't think it, you, you just it? summon your own god to come fight. Yeah, Tiamat. that's what I like. But I think is I think I might even rule that. Do you know what I mean? I might say that they can take a physical form and fight Absolutely. on your side, sort of thing. But like, it would be kind mm. of you know it. Uh, like if if it was if, possible for the gods to just come down and pluck Tiamat out of the uh, wherever they are, they might have done that a long time ago and saved think, you a lot of hassle. I think a lot of it mean? is kind of like the so, wish spell uh, yeah. that it's just like if it um the way I'll often use divine intervention is to replicate a spell that I may not have access to, um or that is a higher level. Mm than I can cast at that time. Mm. Um, that's often how I'll use divine intervention. Um, but I mean, I've seen I've seen people do crazy things with divine intervention. It's a it's a delightful, a delightful ability. So fun. And I think as with, with it having such a like a quite a slim chance, I really do. I, I've never seen or heard it happen yet. Uh, I think it happens at some point in a a, a critical role oh, thing, yes. but I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, or yes, whatever. it does. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I've heard this, um, but uh, I do feel like it would be the most satisfying mm-hmm. thing if you're like, look, mm-hmm. I'm going to roll divine intervention. Like, we need help here. I just like the chips oh. are down. I just feel like it would be a really cool. It uh, it happens in Dimension Twenty, and uh, they start making the players then begin to make jokes because it Brennan's reaction is so intense. They're like, did you just come? <laughs> like, yes, I came so hard because it's literally like. Yes! Oh, yes! <laughs> even though it was one of his players who rolled it, it wasn't even him. I think in those, <laughs> just like, yes! just in those so moments, you're like, you, he was you so feel hyped. so vindicated as like the player because you're just like, I called mm. and my God answered. That's so great. And I can, it can, I mean, can definitely make or break something in the middle of a battle for sure. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, yeah. Shall we move on to some subclasses? Uh, I think we've yes. each got one we're going to talk about. Um, I uh, should we go in the yeah. same order? 
So uh, sure. our lovely guest gets to, to, to round off the, the, the episode. Um, so I'm talking about Forge. So uh, Forge Domain. Uh, big yes. fan of this. Uh, like I said before, I, I played a Warforged who uh, was sort of created by the this divine magic. And um, uh, tell you a little fun fact. I'm a level one character with an armor class of 20. Clerics be good, yo. Uh, this was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, when I managed this, I, I felt like I'd achieved a feat uh, as well as potentially gaining some in the future um uh, it was very cool because uh warforged have like an inbuilt uh defense which gives them that plus uh plus one to AC uh, and then uh, you get some extra abilities so uh, starting at oh and just a, a little bit of uh, kind of thing about the what Forge Domain is uh, essentially you're looking at the a god of uh, of kind of like workmanship of uh, of like tools creating things um, this can be weapons in some ways if you want to skew it in that way but it's it's more about the creation of the weapons more about the the, the if you imagine a uh, a uh, your, your dwarven kind of style god or, or whatever, you know, the typical ones that are, you know, down there in the mines making the, the metals and, 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 and that kind of thing. Uh, that's the, a, a traditional flavoring, but obviously you can flavor it however uh, the heck that you like. Um, so, starting at uh, first level, you get uh, some uh, proficiency, bonus proficiencies, uh, which as do most, uh, which I think is, uh, yes, heavy armor and smith tools, which is very, very useful. Mm -hmm. Uh, You also get some new spells. You get access to Identifiance uh, Searing Smite, which is good fun definitely good fun um to have uh, to have a smite thrown in there and you also get blessing of the forge which basically essentially is just that uh, uh you can let me just check if you can uh oh yes so basically until the end of your uh, your next long rest you can choose to basically give yourself a plus one to your armor or a plus one uh to attack and damage rolls mm-hmm. uh it is it's worth clarifying that it doesn't make a, a magical weapon or magical armor it's just that you get a plus one to your ac no it or... says that the object becomes a magic item oh does it yeah, you, ch- you touch uh, Blessing oh, of the yes, Forge, it you does. can touch it one it non- the, the, the... Non- It has to be a non-magical object, but yes. it can either be a suit of armor or a simpler martial weapon. It becomes a magic item, yes, and it becomes a, a, a gains a plus one. Uh, 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 yes, that is very true, but then you um, uh, can't use this feature again to the long rest, but you can basically change it the next day. Um, but I just kept mine on AC because an armor class of 20 mm. at level one is very, very fun, and it makes me very hard to hit at such a level. Um, the Baby Artificer. Yes, basically, yeah, I think the, that, like, the domains are yeah. almost like their own little multi-classes all unto themselves, right? Like if the forge domain's like the mini mm, artificer, mm. you've got like the arcana domain, which could be like your mini wizard and stuff like that. So I think that the, 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 the domains have so much fun. Like you can really flavor your cleric however you want to play it. Mm. I think it's a, mm-hmm. a bit, a little bit akin to the bard. Mm-hmm. Actually, we spoke about uh, the bard having uh, the ability with all of its subclasses to flavor it in such different ways and to take it in such drastically different directions uh, in terms of mm-hmm. how it feels to play. Uh, you know, the you know the valor is just such a good uh, uh, martial. Effectively, becomes like a martial class, and you know, here we've got a a, a, a very very good sort of defensive uh, uh, class and uh, and tinkering class, as I'm about to uh, explain, because. 
At the second level, you get artisan's blessing. Uh, so you basically you conduct a hour long ritual and um, uh, that crafts a non magical item uh, that must include some metal. A and it can basically take the form of a simple uh, or martial weapon, a suit of armor, ten pieces of ammunition, a set of tools, or uh, another metal object. And there's like a, a list of things that you can uh, that you can do. Uh, the creation is completed at the end of an hour. Um, and uh, you basically can choose where it appears in like a five foot space uh, from you. Um, but again, you can easily uh, flavor this in any way. Like if you wanted to lean more into the artificer thing, you could physically make something. Do you know what I mean? I don't think there's any reason that you couldn't uh, physically make something or summon a spectral forge. I don't know. I feel like there's loads of ways you, I could imagine this uh, playing out. Uh, you can't create anything that's worth more than a hundred gold pieces. And as a part of the ritual, you must lay out the metal, uh, which can include coins uh, basically equal to the value of the creation um uh, and uh, da, 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 da. and so yeah basically the metal transforms and then becomes the object that you want it to um, and uh, it, the ritual can replica- uh, can duplicate a non-magical item that contains metal such as a key if the process uh, if it possesses the um, uh, the original uh, if you have it in possession it, where, during the ritual, sorry. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, you can, so you can like, cut another key. Yeah, basically. you can cut another key to the to the to the house. You can give your partner a key to the. I to love your what you were saying about so, how you, know, you can push. flavor, um, you know, the the magic or these abilities to like what your cleric is doing at the time. I think of um, um, mm. Kokani in in our campaign. He's a war cleric, but his like his god is all about tinkering and stuff. So when his prayer rituals are often him fixing things. Uh, or mending things or creating things like and it'll be Arathis's kind of divine guidance where he won't really know what he's doing and then all of a sudden he's got this like beautiful created tinkered thing in front of him um, so I think there's a lot of ways that you can mm. flavor these abilities to really fit what your god does and how your cleric chooses to worship Heck yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, we actually spoke about that on uh, a recent episode. We were talking all about reskinning. Yes, I listened to that uh, episode. Uh, it was so good. And, and, and reworking, yeah. which, is, which is really fun uh, and definitely a, a definitely something you could do with the uh, cleric. Uh, and so going even further in the sort of defensive uh, element here, uh, Soul of the Forge is what you get at sixth level and uh, you gain a resistance to fire damage and you get a plus one to AC whilst wearing heavy Ooh. armor. Uh, I just worked this out for my level one character that I currently have that bumps my AC up to a 23 um, Holy bananas. which is pretty wild to have a t- AC of 23 at level 6 that's uh, good. this is good you, this is a good you're thing you're difficult to hit yeah. you're difficult to hit you know um so, and then at 8th level, you get Divine Strike. Uh, you gain the ability to infuse your weapons with fiery, the fiery power of the forge. Uh, once you, uh, once each of your turns and you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can cause it to deal an extra 1d8 of fire damage to the target. When you reach 14th level, you can do 2d8. So, if you combine that with your uh, mm-hmm. other ability, that becomes 2d8s uh, per, per hit. Uh, that's, that's basically yeah. a smite, a free smite on every turn. That's, that's good. 
It's very good. Yeah. Um, and then at 17th level, you get Saint of Forge and Fire. Uh, your affinity with fire and metal becomes more powerful. You gain immunity to fire heck damage. Yeah, heck yeah. You love to come see Come at me, dragons, yo. Like, uh, uh, just come at me if you... Well, fire <laughs> dragons, obviously. You specifically, specifically red dragons. Red dragons but okay, <laughs> everyone. <gold. laughs> uh, bring it on anyway. Bring it on. Uh, I would just stand in fire and be like, <laughs> like it would be fun. I just, I would enjoy that. <laughs> you light yourself, you you douse yourself in oil and you're just constantly on fire. Yeah. Just running around like, <laughs> you just I hug, mean, you hey, hug enemies. That's, that's a legit, that's a legit tactic. Like, if you've got yeah. an armor class of 23 or whatever and you restrain something, giving them disadvantage on attacks and then just be well, on fire. There, your cleric is not going to be affected yeah. by that fireball. They're not going to be affected by that flame strike. You yeah. yes. could call down a whole bunch of yes. stuff and have your forge cleric be there and be like, I am so fine. I'm so fine in the middle of this. And he could- your cleric could just exactly. hold them there. Do you know what Absolutely. I mean? Like if you've got yeah. a decent strength score, you just need to hold them there whilst your wizard Absolutely. gets the gun out. You know what I mean? It's a good one to <laughs> like, fire punch. It's a, it's a very, it'll be very, yeah. very fun. And then get this, whilst wearing heavy armor, you have resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage from non-magical attacks. So you basically get the the uh, the the barbarian rage ability without the drawbacks. Um, it's... Uh, pretty pretty it's pretty tasty i think it's very good i real nice think you would i i would recommend that you pump up your constitution with this subclass just so that you um Mm -hmm. uh because you're probably going to be in the melee and distracting people and being like hey come and try and hit me (laughs) you'll probably fail um but if you do get hit you want to make sure you've got plenty of hit points to fall back on so i'd probably say like wisdom and con would not be a bad uh suggestion probably strength too because you're you're going to probably be a tank up front yes and strength just because I yeah. think for the flavor, yeah, 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 exactly. You want to be getting, uh, you know, if you get a, if you get a, I'm trying to think of a strength based, like a, a mace or warhammer. Yeah. There, Bo- one most hand, weapons, one most weapons, I think, yeah. would be strength, strength based. based, especially um, if with that heavy armor, you're not no. going to need dex. No. <laughs> Yeah, you're not gonna be sneaking anywhere. Don't waste, don't waste yeah. that. Uh, you don't might waste that in <laughs> Jasper, though, we gotta say what the other spells they get because some oh, of yes. these are yeah, good yeah, I was gonna go, spells. I was gonna go back on these actually. Um, so, uh, third level, you get heat metal and uh, magic weapon. Heat metal is an OG spell. So good. To use it right, so it is good. just. And if you have immunity, you can heat your own metal. Oh, <laughs> exactly. yes. yeah, and You can cast heat metal like fifth endless. level. Yeah. <laughs> then just hug someone. Yeah, or just run someone through <laughs> with your sword or something and then heat metal and keep <laughs> holding on because it ain't hot for you. Oh, my. Can you imagine <laughs> stabbing your... people oh. with your heat? Yo, if you got yourself like a, uh, a like a reach weapon as well, oof, oof, you could be so it would be so yeah. good. It would be real nasty. Uh, then you get elemental weapon and protection from energy. So once again, you could just be absorbing damage. You can basically give yourself a resistance for an hour uh, to either acid, cold, fire, lightning, or thunder. So you just soaking up damage at this point yeah. uh, like if you even get if you're even getting hit by uh, uh stuff uh, then you get fabricate and wall of fire which is a you just stand great in it. spell it's like at really level 17 you can just, just stand, stand in it. it center it i'll center it on myself yes. please dm <laughs> um <laughs> Then you get animate objects uh, at uh, ninth level. Um, and animate objects is like is that is a broken spell. I'm going to look this up right now because I haven't even. It's 
so good. Uh, look, check out if you was. haven't looked at animate objects. It's it's mm-hmm. bonkers. What? That spell's so good. Basically, you're it's like a summon spell, but the things that you summon do yes. so much damage. So much damage. And it's like you basically become like some beefed up version of fan, like a of Mickey from Mickey Fantasia. Mouse and Fantasia. Like, it's that's quite uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, and then uh, or, uh, you also get creation as well, which is pretty amazing uh if you because basically you can uh uh you uh so you can pull at the wisps of shadowy material from the shadow fell i mean you could i think Ooh. you could probably flavor that slightly differently if you really yeah. uh wanted to to keep it a bit more in your um uh, uh domain um you uh then you create some uh non uh, living uh you basically can create like a lot uh, a non-living a uh, take a non-living object. object sorry and uh, you make an object uh yeah you can create it and so you can create um uh, vegetable matter stone or crystal and basically have different durations for which uh the uh object uh then is is it around or does it take longer to create no, it casts one minute to cast. It takes one minute to cast, and then depending on what you make, the object will last a ah, different amount of time. I see. I see. So I see. if you make something out of vegetable, it lasts for a day. Stone or crystal, twelve hours. Precious, Precious metals, metals, one hour. Gems, gems 10, ten minutes. Adamantine or mithral for one minute. I mean, you could give someone adamantine armor or mithral armor for uh, for a you know for a fight for a single it's, fight. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty damn good. Or um, even yes. yourself, if you just want to oh. also erase all crits. <laughs> just, <yeah. laughs> oh my god! Talk about DM sweats. <laughs> Can you imagine? imagine you finally you finally crit on this cleric that you've been failing to hit the entire time. It also has resistance to like immunity to fire, and then you crit, no. and it's like nope. Well, we'll talk about erasing crits in a moment when we talk about my subclass. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, Uh. dear. Jeremy. What do you got yeah. for us today? I gotta say, Forge is easily one of, the, just mechanically speaking, one of the best cleric subclasses. Oh, it's so good. I mean, uh, yeah. and another very, very good cleric subclass. Oh, and I should mention, uh, the Forge is from yes. Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Ah, uh, yes, thank uh, you specifically. And the one that I'm doing is actually from the Player's Handbook. It is. I decided to go vanilla with this one Ooh. and pick the cleric subclass that would be most commonly associated with the cleric, which yes. is the life OG. domain. Mm. This is yes, a uh, real OG. Uh the you start right off the bat like basically it's all about healing. It's all about healing. It's all folks. about them heals. Uh is real good at healing. There uh if you look at the class description it has like lists of deities and stuff that you can look at. But honestly like you could even just serve the idea like you could be like uh, a doctor who mm. just je- so like you your hippocratic oath you just took so seriously that it's like you have a religious devotion to it. There's a lot of possibilities, but Level one, you get bless and cure wounds as your additional cleric spells, uh, which means what that essentially means when we say additional cleric spells, because clerics already have access to bless and cure wounds. All of these additional spells, uh, regardless of whether or not they're originally in the cleric spell list, are always (laughs) prepared automatically Mm. and don't count against the number of spells that you can normally have prepared. Mm. So you just get free access to all the spells that Jasper just said. And this also means that you get free access to bless and cure wounds, which is great. Because it frees you up to stack more yeah. to get add more spells. Uh, third level, you get lesser restoration and spiritual so, weapon. Again, so two useful very spells. useful spells. Yeah, 
Uh, th th this is my, this is my, this is obscene really actually because I'm looking through this list. Like these are all spells that realistically, as a cleric, if you wanted to have any kind of healing abilities, you take all yeah. of these. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So this really does free up your spell list to then go, you know, yeah. wherever you want. Which is, I think, as a cleric that's myself, nice. like when I'm usually like uh, in a game, like I usually prep like a battle kit and then a like a town kit, like or for an adventuring day out kit, and it's like both of those nice. contain always lesser restoration <laughs> and cure wounds always. So when you, if you, I love that you've got like I've your got, shopping bag and then I've you've got, got your yeah. battle so bag. Cool. I've got, you know what I mean? I, like the I, shopping uh, these like beautiful spell books um, from a from a local creator here in in Vancouver, and I have like my cleric cards for battle kit in one and my cleric cards for my town kit in the other, and it's just like okay, what are we doing today? What are That's we doing? So awesome! That's so good. I love that. I love that. Uh, at, at fifth level, you get Beacon of Hope and Revivify. Beacon of Hope basically gives people, I think, advantage on wisdom saves. Yes. and death saving throws yep. uh, and they <laughs> regained the maximum number of hit points available from heal healing and revivify brings just somebody back to life just always having access to that is just so good so good yeah it's so good Beacon of Hope uh, as well what a satisfying way to stop yourself from rolling like crud mm -hmm. on a healing spell yeah. do you know what I mean there's nothing worse than rolling a one and <laughs> being like oh well sorry dude I tried yes <laughs> I really did <laughs> um, then death ward you get death ward and guardian of faith at seventh level death ward uh, basically is like a yeah. relentless endurance yeah. a free relentless endurance they just pop back up from zero hit points to one HP uh, it's pretty awesome mm. and and if something would kill somebody automatically it's just yep. it just doesn't happen they just they just yeah that's uh, so good. Guardian of Faith is similar to Spirit Guardians. You summon a person, they do damage. It's great. Uh, <laughs> and they basically just stand there. It's like an obstacle that just does yeah. stuff. I think they I know. I think, the, I think if, they, yeah. if they move, they move slowly. They don't move fast. Yeah, I think it's I think it's you summon them and they're yes. basically just a hazard. Uh, they deal sixty <laughs> yes, damage right. and then disappear. You can flavor that all sorts of ways. <laughs> I, I'm thinking of like you summon a, ste a gigantic stethoscope, and every time somebody steps into the space, it's like ah, it's so cold, uh, and they take <laughs> the damage. But anyway, uh, and then at ninth level, you get mass cure wounds again, awesome, mm. and raise just, dead, which and is I, an like, even I have better. Most of those uh, prepared every spell. day. I, with my clerics and Place I am not a dead. life cleric so it's just like when you have those prepared every day you're like let's take some fun other things that I can put in here or some more useful things based on what our party is going to be doing today without having to pack my spell book um, with things that just keep my party alive you know yeah, <laughs> yeah it's look the, look sometimes vanilla vanilla is popular for a reason mm. and the reason is because it tastes really good <laughs> it does um, and it couples well with a lot of other flavors absolutely exactly no matter what and no matter how your party looks, this will always They will never say no well. to a life cleric. This yes. will always be never useful. Say no to a life <laughs> there is no scenario, no party where this isn't yes. hella helpful. Exactly. And having some of these spells prepared means you do like you free yourself up to get damaging spells. If mm -hmm. you want to still be good at damaging, you can still get Guiding Bolt, which we didn't Guiding Bolt does 4d6 radiant damage at level 1. That's half a fireball. Level. And if you hit with it gives advantage on the yes. next attack so it's like it, yeah. exactly yeah. It's, it's good. so good. It's if good. you crit, you can hit somebody with the equivalent of a fireball's worth of damage at level one. 
at range. It's 120 this feet is, on Guiding Bolt, too. It's one really of the longer range cleric spells. What? What? Yeah. That's so good. Take Spell so Sniper, good. and it's, two, it's, what, 240? 240 feet. 240 feet. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, so you also, and not and not only do you get all those great spells, you get the bonus proficiency of being proficient with heavy armor so starting at level one. So you can be a tanky, <laughs> so you, like, healer, healer. and yes. also be in the melee battle, too. I feel like... The, the way I imagine these guys is a bit like, have you seen Hurt Locker? Where they have like the, yeah. the uh, they're like, <laughs> like kind of like in the big padded things. It's like them running yeah. into the combat, touching someone, healing them, and then running yes. out again. Like that's kind I of think how it, I imagine. I think this one, the, the life cleric is actually a, like if, if um, the forge cleric that Jasper was talking about is like a really good, like tanky cleric. The life cleric is a like nice mm. mid ground. You know, you're balancing more of your spells yes. and your melee as well. Whereas the one I'm going to talk about is more a primary spell caster. So I think that's a nice, that's a nice smattering. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's proof in the pudding again about how different these subclasses can make the, how the, how you play the cleric uh, uh, yes. wildly mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Uh, and I said that the life uh, domain is all about healing. At level one, you get Disciple of Life, which whenever you use a spell of first level or higher to heal a creature, they also regain additional hit points equal to two plus the spell's level. Which which means that like with cure wounds at level one, you I think would get what a minimum of four. You restore a minimum of four, uh, a maximum which is probably of probably half your hit points at level one. Yeah. To be quite yes. honest, like if not more, <laughs> that extra healing goes a long way. Like it that it really goes a long way, especially in the long run. Uh, second level, you get a different. Uh, you get your channel divinity option, which is preserve life uh, as an action. You basically you cr- uh, emit healing energy that can restore a number of hit points equal to five times your cleric level. So at level 20, we're talking about 100. Uh, Choose any creatures (laughs) within 30 feet of you and divide those hit points among them. Uh, This feature can restore a creature to no more than half of its hit point maximum, and you can't use this feature on an undead or a construct, but still. (laughs) You just get, okay, cool, guys. We're level five. Great. Uh, I have 25 more hit points that I can distribute among everybody's backup. Yeah. You get some healing, and you get some healing, and you get some healing. Yeah, little tip by the way. Same thing for paladins with lay on hands. If you ha- like, always keep like f- four or five points in the bank because all you need to do is one hit point back to someone and Absolutely. they're straight back up. Like even yep. if they're on two death saves or whatever the situation, they literally need one hit point and they're back up and running out of there. Like it's sorry, it really made yeah. me laugh the way you just went. And that's a hundred. <laughs> like well, I was just like, wow, like, that even, is a truly spicy. I play amount in of a two points. cleric one paladin party. Uh, so so, like, we've got two clerics and a paladin, two wizards, and a warlock in our party. Um, so, even though we have two clerics, if both the clerics go down, it's on the paladin. Like, the paladin has to bring us up. Um, mm. So, there, you know, our paladin, Callie, she always keeps some lay on hands, and she's always got revivify in the bank to keep her stocked with diamonds. You gotta, gotta, mm. gotta prepare for those big battles, and life clerics got it in the bank. Mm-hmm. You can slip and hurt yourself on all these hit points. Uh, just oozing. Just, just dropping them all over the place. Sixth level, folks. You get Blessed Healer. Uh, when you cast healing spells, they also, he- on, on somebody else, uh, like a healing spell of first level or higher, 
on someone other than you, you regain hit points oh equal God. to two plus the smell. Oh I don't know if we've convinced you if clerics are wonderful yet, Jasper. I feel like oh my everybody, word. everybody is just getting so much HP. I, honestly, I think we've recently we, we've covered quite a few classes where I feel like we could easily make the unkillable yes. party, and I feel like the life domain cleric is coming into that. Like between this, was it like the totem warrior barbarian that just yeah. the zealous yeah. barbarian, barbarian that just, just like. Die. I, like yeah. I honestly think you could create a party that j- I just don't know what you'd throw at it. That it would it would just like it would win th- purely through a war of attrition. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It would just keep yeah. going, and this is it. Like this is a, this is obscene. That's such the primary a good healer just be healing itself. Like even if you manage to hit this thing with heavy armor, stood at the back. You know what I mean? It's just gonna heal itself anyway, man. I'm, I'm just imagining like you distributing uh, Purell around the battlefield, and every time you give somebody some, you get an additional squirt. It's like my hands are clean too. Uh, you just level, believe in the divine ability to, uh, to eradicate disease and viruses. Yes, be, be gone, coronavirus. I wish I'm a, I'm a cleric of the CDC. Yeah. Uh, That's the amazing. CDC. I love it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you reflavor it as the mask cleric. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, the Fauci uh, domain anyway. or whatever is it? Is it the the Fauci. Your god is Fauci. That's... Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> your god is just Anthony so... Fauci in the sky. <laughs> You reflavor like all your healing spells to be vaccines. I love it. Uh, and, like the nicer ones, the better, the higher level. Like you pick you the the. It's like oh, this was the Moderna. Uh, <laughs> Johnson and Johnson, as you yell out as you heal someone. Please get vaccinated, everybody. Please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> when you use inflict wounds, you're like Delta variant. Oh, too close, my god. Uh, too close. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, COVID twenty. Divine no, strike no, no, anyway. at eighth level. Uh, uh, divine strike similar to the similar to the forge cleric you get a melee ability at level eight uh this it's basically the exact same thing except instead of doing fire damage on a melee or on a with a weapon attack so it actually doesn't have to be a melee weapon it can be a ranged weapon mm. you can cause the attack to deal an extra 1d8 radiant damage to the target however i don't know if the i don't know if the forge uh, cleric gets this oh no they do yep. when you when you hit 14th level you the damage increases to 2d8 yes. so again if we're combining that with blessed strikes you are now dropping an additional 3d8 what's about uh, Three, yeah, with you can have like a crossbow and be hitting people for three d eight radiant damage on top of whatever the damage you're doing with the crossbow. I mean, if you if you're a forged domain cleric and you get your hands on a flame tongue greatsword, I mean, it's <laughs> over. Like, it's over. That's like is that like sixty eight? No, so many seventy eight. Uh, many yeah, many d eight. Yeah. It's too many D. I think that would be in our in the Blackwater D and D campaign. Um, guns are cleric weapons uh, in our campaign, so only clerics can use firearms. Um, so using that on with a firearm would be devastating. Mm. So good. Three mm. <laughs> oh, extra damage, with, damage your gun. with your gun on top of the damage that yeah. it does, uh, Jeremy. Uh, just so you know, for next episode, Tovo is going to be a cleric now. 
He's just making the switch switcheroo. We'll just message off to this about it. Uh, it'll, be, yeah. it'll be easy. Don't worry about it. It's cool. Just a f- little five minute segment where Tovo converts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just, so I, convert, I, stop, I just get on my knees. I start praying and immediately become a, <laughs> become a cleric. <laughs> my word. Uh, and finally, we get supreme healing at 17th level, as if the, so the healing was not already supreme. Uh, normally, or excuse me, uh, starting at 17th level, when you would normally roll one or more dice to restore hit points with a spell, you instead use the highest number possible for each die. <laughs> so you just automatically restore yes. the maximum amount of health with whatever <laughs> spell what? you cast. So like your cure wounds is now autom- you could cast it at, one- at first level, but it's automatically doing uh, 11 uh, yeah, points of healing 18. to them, plus three to yourself. No more, because the spell's level, right? Oh no, it's yeah. the spell's well, no, level, casting, not your yeah, level. Apologies. It's the spell's okay, level. It's the spell's level. If it's your level, then yeah, that's just like, a, that's yeah, like, really whoa, a joke. Whoa, 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 Can yeah. you imagine? Can you imagine 22 Jeez. additional HP with every... Yeah, that's... But still, it's, like that's a very nice ability. Mm. Just just very nice. Yep. Very nice. Yep. Light clerics. Uh, you gotta love them. As as Emma said, like you can't no. go wrong with a life cleric. Everybody's no. best friend. There is no campaign that would Everybody's be poorly served. Should I dive into mine? Okay, so on the opposite end of the life cleric, uh, not necessarily as far, you know, as the deaf cleric, we are going to talk about the grave cleric, the the cleric's uh, domain that is the most nearest and dearest to my heart. My sweet girl, Nepenthe, is a grave cleric. So these are clerics of gods that serve over like watching the line between life and death. Um, So in our campaign, the Raven Queen is... Well, I mean, she's pissed off. She's not dead, but she's mad. Uh, and she doesn't, she's not the <laughs> goddess that's in charge of that anymore. There's a new goddess, Nephthysiket, who is um, my character's goddess. Like, think like kind of like an Egyptian cat goddess is what we're going for with that one. Ooh. So, death and afterlife mm-hmm. are like foundational parts of the universe. And to desecrate the peace of the dead is an abomination. So, the dead must stay dead. Um, so, they, you know, try and make sure that the undead don't, no, 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 no undead. No, thank you. Um, and they ease that they're in, you know, in the background, they ease the suffering of people who are dying because their magic allows, allows them to stave off death. Um, there is a delay in death, but not I like this this phrase from the book. There is a delay of death, but not a denial of it for death will eventually get its due. Um, so grave clerics really say, like, you know, death comes for us all when it's time. Hmm. And maybe Let's your time is up. Yeah. But maybe it's, not. it's like it, it's like embracing death as part Absolutely. of the natural and order. knowing that that mm. is the line, like that 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 death is a hard line that should not be messed with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So at uh, you get uh, some extra amazing spells uh, from the cleric uh, list at level one. You get bane uh, and false life already prepared Um, at third level. You get gentle Mm -hmm. repose, which I really love. Uh, It's a way to stave off. Mm. um, So say in the middle of battle, you can't uh, might not be able to revivify someone right away. So you can, you can cast gentle repose on them and then you essentially have 10 days to cast revivify, not necessarily raise dead. So you can use a, you can use a lower amount of diamonds to bring them back. Um, mm. And they exactly. can't be brought back as an undead, yes. right? It keeps yeah, them, so it prevents yeah. them from being, um, 
zombified uh, and all of that kind of gross stuff. Um, so then there is Ray of Enfeeblement, which decreases um, strength attacks in a creature, which I think is really cool. At fifth level, you get Revivify, always prepared, which is really nice. And also Vampiric Touch. You can heal yourself a little bit with those spells. Seventh level, you get Blight and Death Ward. Um, as we've talked about Death Ward, I love Death Ward all the time. I cast it on one member of a party mm-hmm. at least before every battle. Uh, and then at ninth level, you get Anti-Life Shell, which has come in handy more times than not. You just need to get everything away from you real quickly. Uh, you can drop anti-life shell. Um, ranged attacks can go through it, but melee and people cannot. Or, uh, living things cannot. Um, and then raise dead as well. Ooh, and and I, I think Alan Alan Cudicho's character used Blight in like the big climactic battle of correct. the Cup and the Caterpillar. Yeah, it was very uh, He's a druid, but Blight, Blight, Blight is hard. Yeah, 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 Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I love Blight as a spell. It's really, really great because it's ranged too, I think. Um, or is that one touch? I forget. Um, it's touch? Okay, I think it's then, touch. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, Blight. Wait, let me... Is it? No, it's there 30 feet. It's 30, 30 feet. 30 feet. Um, so at 30 feet. first... 8d8. Right? Oh, that's so spicy. <laughs> oh, yeah. And if it's, uh, isn't it? It's is half it? as much on so a you fail, still, so it's not yeah, a save. Yeah, but if, it's, if, it's a, if you're fighting a plant, then it yes. does max damage uh, on them. And it has disadvantage on the saving throw. Yeah. Ridiculous. Just this thing and watch it die. Um, so at first level, you get Circle of Mortality, uh, which is the ability to manipulate the line between life and death when you would normally roll one or more dice to restore hit points to a creature with zero hit points. Instead, you use the highest number possible for each die. So I can, you know, cast, uh, you know, first level healing spell uh, into bring a creature up from zero and they're still getting a decent amount of hit points to keep them going um, for the next round. Mm. And also you learn... Again, at first level, that can bring Absolutely. someone back up to full hit points. Um, yeah, that's 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 a baby version of of what the life cleric yes. gets at level seventeen, mm. and then yes. they grab it at level um, one. And then you yep. also learn the spare the dying cantrip, which doesn't count against the number of cleric cantrips you know. And you can also cast it as a bonus action and at thirty feet, so you could stabilize someone wow. from across the battlefield yeah. as a bonus action, and it's a cantrip. So you could cast another leveled spell. So you mm, stabilize you them and then you can go kill the big bad over there, which is great. So this is definitely a cleric. So cool. I would say that you're not going to get right in the fray. This is probably going to be a more support or um, healing focused cleric. Um, but there ain't nothing wrong with that as well. Um, at mm. level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you don't. It's worth pointing out. You don't get no. that heavy armor uh, proficiency like there's other there's other uh, yes, uh, domains. That's very got, true. So, um, uh, at first yeah. level, you also get eyes of the grave. So you get the ability to sense the presence of undead as an action. You can open your awareness magically to detect undead. You know the location of any undead within 60 feet that aren't behind total cover. They don't tell, tell you anything about the creature's abilities um, or identity, but you can know if there is undead around. Which is really, really nice. Um, and then, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. the Channel Divinity. Mm, my, one of my favorite. There's like three. I've got two favorite things about this class, and this is one of them. Starting at second level, you can use your Channel Divinity to mark another creature's life force for deter- for termination. Uh, you can, as an action, you can choose a creature within 30 feet, cursing it until the end of your next turn. Uh, um, the next time you or an ally of yours hits that creature, the creature has vulnerability oh. to all attack oh. damage. And it overcomes oh. resistance. Resistances. It. it overcomes resistances oh. to everything. And it doesn't just make it like, Sweet. and I've done That's some really research cool. into this one too. And apparently it doesn't just like, if so, some, something has like immunity to it, it doesn't, it doesn't flatten, flatten it out. It out. makes it vulnerability. Mm. Yes. Wow. Whoa. 
Do, does it work with like AOE spells or save spells as well? Because it says yeah. with an attack. Oh. Does it work with? Does it require an attack roll or can it work with? I haven't like, read into it that far. I mean, that's spells. how we play it in our campaign. Anytime that creature takes damage from an like an like if that's an attack or whatever, then yeah. I so mean, that means you could you could hit somebody uh, with like a if there was a plant enemy that you were facing and you had blight, you could you could hit them with basically a sixteen d eight max Next damage. Next time it's a fully plant based <laughs> campaign. Jeremy's playing a grave cleric. He's doing it. Uh, calling it now. Yeah, that's it. That's my plan. Poison, po- poison ivy <laughs> runs your life. <laughs> yeah, bringing out, I'm bringing and out the garden shears. Right level now. six, the, the bane of I know. Tim, RDM in Blackwater D&D's uh, campaign's existence is one of my favorite abilities, Sentinel at Death's Door. At 6th level, you get the ability to impede death's progress. As a reaction, when you or a creature you see within 30 feet of you suffers a critical hit, you can turn that hit into a normal hit, and all effects of the crit are cancelled. So it's not double damage, and you don't get any of those extra effects if it's a crit. I, it's the best. As a DM, I already hate but it's this so ability. Fun, I hate it. It's so fun. Oh my god! If that happened to me, hell yes, this is the best. But oh, Tim's I just, hate Tim's it. Tim's just as a gotten DM. used like, to be like, you know, he's like, and that's a crit, and me just being, no, it's not. Um, and then, but you yeah. only get that equal to the number of times of your wisdom <laughs> modifier, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. So. I can just imagine him being like, I crit, but I don't. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Cool. Yeah, he stops. He stops announcing crits. He's like, Oh, uh, Emma, could you Absolutely. just cross off well, one of the Absolutely. We, we have a running yeah. joke. Cool. We have a running so. joke in our campaign that I keep all of our party on thirty foot leashes, um, so everyone's within thirty feet of me at all times, <laughs> so I can cancel. Especially our wizard, like our our squishier wizard. I'm like, you don't go further than thirty feet from yeah. me because I can't cancel your crits. Um, at level eight, you get potent spell casting. So at starting at eighth level, you can add your wisdom modifier to the damage you deal with any cleric cantrip which is really nice um, a little bit of extra kick to those mm-hmm. exactly that's or something. That's it's like yes. agonizing blast yes, we you love, love that. to see it and mm, then the real other good. really cool ability my character right now is at level 15 so I'm two levels away from this one but I'm very excited keeper of souls starting at 17th level you can seize a trace of vitality from a parting soul and use it to heal the living when an enemy you see dies within 60 feet of you 60 feet you or one creature of your choice that is when uh, also within 60 feet of you regains hit points equal to the number of the enemies hit dice so if you're facing like a level 20 ish creature you gain that you can just take 20 hit points from them and give it to somebody else and that is not a reaction Mm. like i've looked at this up you can just it's a free healing it's just a free action that you can do and you can use this feature only if you aren't incapacitated and once you do this you can't do this until the start of your next turn so that's every turn if something dies you can just give out free healing and like imagine if it's something really big too like something yeah. that, you know, like a hefty has like a good solid eight or nine Absolutely. ten hit dice mm. and it's just like cool ten hit Not points to man. you my friend and you just it's a free action it's yeah. a delight so grave clerics and this one is from, also nice. from Xanathar's uh, as well uh, and I love it very much uh, she's my my grave cleric is my baby and I love her very much it's very good <laughs> Oh, I am um, converted, everyone. 
Uh, you converted yeah, to being yeah, a cleric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You joined the cleric religion. I, I, You're I, a cleric cleric. There's no way that I can't play a cleric. I have to play a cleric. I have to get some of these abilities. This is, this is these are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, very You're a very cleric fun. domain cleric. Yeah, I'm a cleric domain cleric. Yeah, I, my yeah. belief in other clerics is where I draw my power. <laughs> belief in the power <laughs> of the class. Uh, my belief in how good and how yeah. good the class is is what will power me. Um, Wow, this has been amazing. I uh, w- like uh, maybe we should just do like a little last one-liner thoughts on the clerics. There's been mm. so much to get, dig into. This is one of my one of my favorite deep dives we've done. I think just because it's been a really rich conversation around clerics and 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 I think what a versatile and badass yes, yes, class. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like really really cool. Um, so why don't we go uh, with some top line thoughts? We'll we'll keep the same order. Why not? I'll 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 dive in first and then we'll let uh, Emma finish. But I would say that uh, that is yeah, it would be pretty much exactly what I just said. It's it's bad. Us, it's versatile. There's so many uses for this, and I'm excited to see what the rest of the subclasses throw up and how uh, different they might end up feeling uh, from from one another. And um, hey, look, I just want to channel uh, and uh, not channel a uh, divine intervention one time. That's all I want. That's all I want in life now. Uh, Jeremy, mm. what about you? What's your closing statement? Um, easily one of the most uh, thematically, philosophically, uh, flavorly, flavorful classes. Flavorly. Just rich. <laughs> flavorly rich. Flavor, very rich in flavor. Very flavorful uh, flav is the cleric. <laughs> yes. This, the, fla- the class of flavor flav. Yeah. Uh, flavor flav, that is. <laughs> Famously <laughs> only plays class. Yes. Maybe he's a time cleric with a big clock on so, his chest. I'm sorry. Again. <laughs> Yo, oh, that's good. <laughs> there needs there to is, be a time There's like player. a UA one uh, somewhere out there in the void, but yeah, it's good. Ooh. Mm. Okay, but yes, uh, really, really great class. I think there's so much to talk about. Uh, really powerful class. Really cool. Go look. Just go play a cleric. Just try it out. Yeah. Just try it out. Heck yes. See try it out. See how you like it. Try it just out. Give, just give it a try. Uh, and our wonderful guest Emma Carlson. What is your closing statement well, on the cleric? Well, if you want a class that allows you to have all of the good crunchy stats uh, options that you can pack into one character and balance that with an amazing uh, ability to dive into some juicy thematic. Um, rich role play, and you want those two things to be able to kiss all the time. Kiss, 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 kiss. kiss. Play a cleric. Mm. Just do it, cause you'll have fun, and your party will love you for it. Amazing. Ugh. So yeah, yeah, love it. Uh, This has been fantastic. Uh, Emma, for anyone who hasn't listened to our previous episode in which you were on, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone where they can find all of your stuffs on the internet and interact uh, uh, with you and all the awesome Awesome. stuff. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me back. This has been a blast. Um, I love hanging out with you guys. Oh my gosh, it's the best. Um, So my name is Emma Carlson. I am the creative director over at Blackwater D&D. You can find us playing live and we are back to our main campaign, um, which is amazing. So we're starting back. Uh, Tim and I are coming back from maternity leave Saturday nights, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at twitch.tv slash BlackwaterDND. Uh, you can also find us on the Twitters at BlackwaterDND. And you can also come hang out with me on my Twitter at EMM underscore Carlson. That's me on Twitter. Um, please come check out my show and you can watch two very different clerics try and keep a party alive. Uh, it's hard. It's really hard <laughs> to, <laughs> to keep our party alive, but we're getting there. It's good. 
Amazing. Uh, well, thank you so much mm. again for coming and 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 bringing your uh, insight into clerics. Um, and please do check out our previous uh, episode, which is all about death and D and D. It's a really yeah. really insightful chat, and uh, Emma just brought so much to the table. So uh, it's it's a really really worthwhile chat if you haven't uh, listened to it already. Um, and if this is perhaps one of your first time listening to us, do not forget to drop a review because uh, it really helps us and getting out there and finding new people. So put a review. Just it literally takes two seconds. Yeah. In fact you can do it in the time it takes me to wrap up this episode go just go yeah. on it right now you can literally go click five stars and then just write something nice like uh this is cool um you can also uh oh were you jeremy what were you gonna say i was gonna say and then listen to outlaws and obelisks oh, go yeah. do that go do listen yeah. to outlaws and obelisks uh then head over to the patreon and uh listen to our campfire chats uh where we dig into the most recent episodes that's patreon.com forward slash tb halflings and if yeah. that's not all of your day taken up with Three Black Halfling stuff. You could also find us on Twitter uh, and Instagram and Facebook at yes. TB Halflings. That is more than enough of that. But there's one last thing. Isn't there? We're going to be covering the other cleric subclasses on our Patreon. Oh, yeah. So you won't just be hearing the campfire chats. You'll hear the deep dives into this and all the other uh, subclasses for the classes that we've done. And we will attempt uh, to keep that episode under four hours. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. It, it'll be a struggle, but we'll talk very we'll fast. We'll try. We'll talk. Ext- listen I was going to say, listen point, to double speed. Two point speed, speed yeah, or whatever it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going full Eminem <laughs> rap god on this one. Yes, that's exactly what we're going to do. And by this point, I am sure that you finished writing a review, so that all that is left to say is... So long, Shire Folk! So long, Bye. Shire Folk! That was a HeadGum Podcast.